Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out. We are in the month of July. We're like right in the midst of summertime, which is always a great time. I love summertime. There's nothing better than being able to kind of be casual, not wear as much makeup, not always worry about having to hair, have my hair perfectly in place. Um, a, a much more informal attire or casual bohemian is what I like. Um, but you know what? The truth is, is that as we get into summertime and I'm standing in front of the mirror <laughs> and I'm looking at myself, I'm always thinking, oh, goodness, what has happened to me? Because I think and believe that my mind is still somewhere between the ages of 25 and 30. And the mirror is kind of showing a whole different reflection. And summer for me has always been that very active time where I love running around. I love hanging out by the pool. I like going on beach vacations. I, I love being in flip-flops and, and uh, you know, tank tops and things like that. So, but the truth is, is we age. And the truth is, is that, you know, we have to be able to love ourselves all the way through. So this entire month of July has been dedicated to the beauty of aging. And specifically for those of us that are over the age of 50 and how to feel beautiful inside and out, no matter what's going on here. So our first show of the month that we did, which happened to be on July 4th, was that we manufacture our own beauty and it really and it was a it was a broadcast that I did in 2017 in January of 2017 and the truth is it's still relevant today because we have to be able to look at it's not just about external beauty it's about how we feel on the inside about ourselves and what are we doing to take care of ourselves inside and out that helps us feel youthful, that helps us feel vivacious, that helps us feel sexy. Because no matter what age we are, we still as women want to feel all of those things. So it was a great show. I loved listening to it again. I, I hate listening to myself, first of all. But I did listen to that show because I wanted to say, what did I say in 2017? And is it still relevant today to be able to share that? And it absolutely was. And then the previous, uh, the last week, what we did was we talked to Susan Joyce Proctor. And our show was all about getting your juicy back. So we had a very, very juicy conversation. And it was fun. And um, I loved what Susan had to say about the fashion that we can wear as we age and the makeup and all of the accessories, all of those things. There's, there's no limits anymore to us as we age. We can pretty much get away with anything. However, we still want to make sure that we're, we're professional, we're classic, we're age appropriate. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a fine line in some of this. So it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to talk about uh, this conversation of being beautiful, feeling beautiful, and to women over 50. And that leads me to my guest today, who's, who's been, I've known I've known Miss Maggie Mulhern for many, many years. We're obviously in the beauty industry together. She's been a constant feature of being able to promote 
beautiful people in this industry for all of these years. She's she's New York based and she's the fashion director of Modern Salon Media. Um, she joined Modern Salon all the way back in the 1980s and has spent three decades covering the beauty industry on a global scale. So Maggie knows her stuff. She knows beauty, but you know what she knows more than anything, which is why I'm really going to love this conversation that we're going to have today. She knows herself and what keeps her happy, vital, vivacious, and sexy. So welcome, Maggie, to the show. Whoa, that's a huge intro. Sexy? <laughs> yeah, come on. You know you got okay. it going on. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure about that, but thank you. I know I try to keep myself together, but uh, I appreciate the intro, and thank you. And you should be talking, Miss yes. Bonnie. You, you're pretty fabulous. You don't, thank you. I really appreciate that. And, you know, and, and honestly, it's one of the things I love about doing the show and love about interviewing the guests that I have on is because I want people to always feel as though they have something to offer and that there's a contribution of not only what they are might be selling or pitching or promoting, but who they are as an individual on the inside. And that's really, that's kind of what I want to hear from you, Maggie, because, you know, you've done three decades in regards to really supporting what we consider to be one of the top publications in our industry to be able to share the professional side of beauty. But you go above and beyond that for our industry. You really take on what's really going on in the world of beauty and how does that parlay into the professional sector for hairdressers, makeup artists, estheticians. And you bring some very valuable stuff to it. But I want to hear your story. I want you to go further back than the three decades and we'll work ourselves back to where we are today of women over 50. Okay. Well, so cool. Um, I, I graduated from Boston College and didn't know what to do with myself and stumbled onto a job at a newspaper and I worked at the record in New Jersey. I was in the entertainment end of it. I was a large woman, but I was beautifully proportioned and I wasn't hideous looking. And back then, this was in the uh, late 70s, it was the very first time they started using large size models. And someone discovered me, I'm air quoting, discovered me as a large size model. <laughs> and I was making, I remember back then I was making $150 a week as a newspaper reporter and I was making that an hour as a model. So it became an easy choice for me. I started modeling, and because there were so few of us, I was very successful. I was probably a good size 16, 18, and I just want to point out, I was very fit. I played on my um, Boston College tennis team and Ridgewood High School, where I'm from, Ridgewood in New Jersey High School. I played on their tennis team. I was very fit, very solid, um, and I was a very successful model, and, and I loved doing that. I loved doing runway and just looking at other large size women and showing them that you could be, you could pull yourself together and not just wear a sack and not care about wearing makeup or doing your hair, that you could be big and beautiful. So something happened, my metabolism changed. And after two or three years of modeling, my metabolism changed and I started shedding weight. I couldn't figure it out. And honestly, it was just a metabolic change. I got busted padding myself. One of my biggest clients was a, uh, um, a catalog client and the woman walked in and I was putting on my 15th pair of underwear and stuffing my bra so that I was bigger. And she goes, I knew it. I knew you were padding. I mean, it was really <laughs> such a scandal. 
<laughs> so I lost my biggest account and I said, all right, that's it. This, this career is winding down. And I was too short to be a regular size model. I'm five, seven, five, seven and a half. And you really have to be five, nine. And at that point I was too old also. I wrote during the course of my modeling, I wrote a beauty book for large size women called Great Looks. I was the author and the face of it was the owner of our model agency. Um, so it was a beauty book for large size women. And the, that was published by Doubleday. And the second that was published, I was down to like a size eight, which may sound huge to everybody else. But you know, for me, that was small size eight. So I knew my modeling days were over. The book was done. And in the olden days, you opened up a newspaper to find a job. I opened up a newspaper and there were two jobs, Modern Salon and Good Housekeeping. I applied to both and was offered a job from each. And I went with Modern Salon simply because I liked the offices better. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll do this for a year or two, not realizing now it's 39 years later. I just cannot believe I was so fortunate to jump, come into this industry with such talented people, the hair makeup artists, nail artists, the estheticians. I just cannot believe the skill, the art, the passion, and how they are able to utilize their skills to produce, produce beauty and health and everything that goes into it. I, I marvel at the artists in our community every single day. So I've been there for 39 years, and it's been quite a journey and pretty fabulous. And I really loved every minute of it, especially the changes in, in let's face it, it's four decades. Yeah. So it's, it's been yeah. quite interesting. I was going to say, when you said 39 years, I'm like, hey, we're kind of pushing four decades here. Yeah. You know what, yeah. Maggie, I absolutely love your story because it's like the reverse of anybody else that might be, you know, considered in that role of beauty or model. You know, most models would be like, oh, I was a model, but then, you know, but then I gained weight. You know, here you were a model and you lost weight. Yeah, I lost weight. <laughs> That is a, yeah. that's a, that's a great reverse story there and everything. So tell us a little bit about some of the role that you play with modern salon that you've done over these, you know, almost four decades here. Um, and, and how that has served kind of just, you know, beauty in our professional industry. So it's been very interesting for me because I'm in a satellite office. I'm in the New York office and we are based out, uh, right outside of Chicago, that's where most of our editors are. We also have a satellite office in LA. Um, so it's been very interesting because for me, it's kind of landing in the New York office is where so much industry fabulousness happens, but there wasn't any movement necessarily for me as a career move. I just kind of landed doing what, I, what I've been doing all these years, even though it has changed so much, obviously with social media and meeting all these different people. But as the beauty and fashion director, I am able to combine a whole bunch of skills and a whole bunch of things that I love to do, which include writing. I get to write articles every single day. I do photo shoots. I shoot most of the covers and inside features for our magazine. And that's great because I use some of the skills that I learned as a model. That is great to have that behind the scenes thing when you're art directing in the photo studio. I judge just about every competition with such honor. I, I am so honored to be invited to judge things. I judge Naha, Goldwell's Color Zoom. I've judged um, well, Wellness Trend Vision, Sebastian's competitions. I, I mean, just, just about every competition I've been invited and have been honored to judge. 
Yeah, and those are competitions that happen in the professional sector of our industry that most consumers don't even know exist. But just like any industry, we we recognize and celebrate those that have exceeded a certain level of talent um, in everything from nails, skin, makeup, hair, uh, you know, avant-garde, fantasy. I mean, all of this stuff. We're celebrating those people that have have done some beautiful work, and you've you've been a you know constant judge to all of that over the years. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. And, you know, one of the things that um, that you were talking about is being in New York and, you know, you're like in the mecca of, of you know, the fashion of, you know, the United States here and everything. And I'm sure you've had other opportunities to, you know, see and feel and experience other things like New York Fashion Week and other events like that. Have you participated in some of those? Well, not only do I cover New York Fashion Week, don't forget. I was a model. I was in New York. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's before we had tents. They used to call it market week when I did it. But I, I, again, I did probably every single show that they needed a large size model because again, there were so few of us and because I was like the perfect size and the perfect age and everything just, I was very fortunate. Um, Going to New York fashion week is a totally different animal. Certainly from what it was 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then it morphed into something that was the place to go, be seen. And it was, it was such a, a marvelous experience for anybody either participating behind the scenes, front of house, the whole thing. Now it's very interesting because it's so spread out over the city. It's not under, a, under one tent. It's all, you know, you're uptown, you're downtown. Some shows are even in Brooklyn. It's all over the place. And because of social media, it really has changed. It used to be that when you covered behind the scenes or even sitting in front of house, you knew these fashions were not going to be shown for six months. They wouldn't be in the stores for six months. The hairstyles that were created for those fashions were not going to be hot for six months. The makeup looks, the nail looks were not going to be important for six months. Now, because of social media, everything is immediate. Yeah. And yeah. it has totally changed everything, even the fashion industry. This is why there's so many that many of these designers have to make these designs available immediately because the you've demand. already seen it, right? Yeah. And you've already seen it. And once then it comes out in a store six months later, you're like, oh, that's old stuff. And well, the hairstyles. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, no, no. I love that because it's so true because I'm thinking that, you know, like this September we're going into... Uh, New York Fashion Week, but it's spring trends, but it doesn't matter anymore. There's such like an intermix of spring and summer and and fall and winter that it's like, oh, I like that. I can wear that now. (laughs) And that's exactly what's happening. And if you'll notice, a lot of the designers are now creating what we call evergreen outfits that are that can be worn spring summer fall winter. They're everybody's just kind of throwing their hands up and saying, okay. (laughs) I've got to make this right now and I can't wait the six months and have, and have that bonus of having all that time to re- tweak an outfit, see what works, see what, what didn't buy. You've got to be able to make things right away. A lot of the designers just gave up. They're not even presenting during New York oh. Fashion Week anymore. I totally get that because they're putting, because for them it truly is this artistic um, expression and not necessarily designed to be commercial, immediately commercial. So I I get why some of them don't do it and they kind of hold that reserve to it a little bit. Yeah, it's changed. Everything's changed. And if you go front, there's the difference between front of house and back of house. 
Backstage is where we're doing the hair. Backstage to me is so much Oh, fun. I love that, backstage. Backstage oh, is the oh, it's best. The best. <laughs> it really is. And the energy and the excitement and the egos and the, the, the <laughs> humble people. And it's, it's just people just so happy to have that opportunity. And then front of house now, you go out there and you no longer see people like Anna Wintour or the buyers. They've, they've given up. It's all filled with um, influencers yeah. and social media people. Those are the people now getting the front, the first two rows and the real legit buyers and certainly editors are, yeah, st- standing room. I mean, I'm so fortunate whenever I get a, a front row, I'm like, oh my God, that's great. And then I realize it's because Modern Salon has, we have more than 1 million followers. Yeah, we have one, more right. than 1 million followers on Instagram. We've got 600,000 on Facebook. You know, we, we are air quoting again, we're influencers. Yeah, so. absolutely you are. I know you were going to mention something about the hair, how that's changed over time too. Let's let's chit-chat on that before we get into some beautiful tips for over 50 women to stay like uh, super runway relevant. Okay, so the hair, again, the hair used to be these, the, um, again, here's a little secret if people don't know this. Uh, whenever we run pictures of, of things from Fashion Week, and there's a lot of ponytails or beach waves, we get beat up by our audience. Oh, another ponytail. Why are you doing another ponytail? What our audience doesn't realize, even though we tell them all the time, it's not necessarily the lead hairdresser who's picking the style. Mm-hmm. It's the designer. Mm-hmm. It is, it is the di- designer of the fashion will say to the lead hairdresser, I want a ponytail because I don't want it to take away from the fashion. Mm-hmm. And this is in the U.S. When you go to Europe, I mean, I just got a whole bunch of things from, from Paris Fashion Week that are so extraordinary and Milan Fashion Week. These are really crazy hairstyles because those designers really want extremes from head to toe. Um, here in the U.S., most of our designers, Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren, they all want very simple styles so that it does not take away anything away from the fashion. So don't beat up these lead hairdressers. They're not picking a simple ponytail. And every time they're told to do a simple ponytail, you can always just see these, these, most of these lead hairdressers are so talented. They'll sneak in a braid, they'll make it high <laughs> on the crown. They'll just do something to make it interesting. Yes. Well, but- I, I sat through a class. I've sat through two classes, one Sharon Blaine, the other one, Lauren Evans, and they're both fantastic artists out of Australia. And I'm sure you know them. And there's nothing simple about a ponytail that they do at fashion week. It's a very complex approach to a ponytail. So you still, I still give them credit that all of these designers, they're as talented as they are, that even a ponytail is a work of art. A work of art. Everything they do, those beach waves. And don't forget, these, these looks have to last as the model is throwing clothing over her head and changing outfits before she comes out for her second, third, or fourth look. So yeah. whatever hairstyle they create has to hold up. And yeah. it's very interesting. And then you go to something like the blondes, where it's always the most incredibly outrageous hair, the most outrageous makeup and nails. I mean, if you get a chance to look through the blonde stuff, it is just so much fun. That's really my favorite show to go backstage that that one and Betsy Johnson used to be great but Betsy Johnson is one of those that's I think she go, is just going right to ready wear I don't think she's really showing much anymore but she had the most fun backstage she always had a DJ there was candy <laughs> there's Twizzlers everywhere mop balls it was just so much fun uh, it was and you're right the show was just as much like anything I think in our, in an artistic field even in our industry the show is always behind the stage as much as it is in front of the stage <laughs> yeah it's great yeah yeah, that's great. Oh, I love that. Well, we, you know, today we're talking about uh, beautiful, being, staying beautiful, 
50 and beyond. So I, you know, before we, we, we take a break, we have about, oh, what do we got here? We, well, we've still got like five or six minutes before we're going to take our first break, but let's tap into our topic here that we're going to talk about. So all this experience that you've had being a runway model, being an influencer at all of these fashion shows, you've certainly picked up a tip or two of how to be able to maintain a youthful look or some of your favorite items as you've been kind of, you know, going from 20 something to 30 something and beyond, right? Yes. Yes. And um, I really credit a lot of these phenomenal hairdressers and makeup artists who have led me down the right path and certainly estheticians, because if you're looking for an immediate tip right off the bat, it's sunblock. <laughs> mm, love it. Yeah. Because one thing, um, you know, I'm 65 right now and I, I don't have any wrinkles. I have a few around my eyes, crow's feet. I actually like them, but I don't have any wrinkles. And yes, thank you, mom and dad, that, but, uh, but I swear by sunblock. I always wear hats and I just take care of my skin. My mother who passed away last year at age 97 did not have one brown spot on her face. Oh, not one. Wow. Now she had them on her hands and her legs and her arms and all of that. But the difference is she used Retin-A on her face for 25 years. And, and I swear that that's what helped her. I don't do Retin-A because it's just too harsh for me, but it certainly worked for her. Yeah. Yeah. So, so some yeah. of those, some of those creams, when you, when we say Retin-A, like some of those are like a retinol type product that you can find, you know, in the drugstore or obviously some professional brands if you're visiting your dermatologist and everything. And, and really that's kind of one, maybe one of my first recommendations is because some people are saying, I know I'm, I'm somebody that's sensitive to retin, to retinol. Um, and so I have to be very careful of products that contain that, that I use on it because I usually get some kind of reaction to it. So that's one of the things that I check with my dermatologist on. I make sure that they're providing me the type of products that are going to work for me, but I love your idea sunblock first. And, um, uh, Jeff and I, we just bought a boat in the Caribbean. So we have been being, you know, sun bums, um, quite a bit over this last year. And I tell you, it's like, you know, I am slathering up the sunscreen and putting it on. And I've really found a few of them that, um, I'm comfortable with putting on my face. And, uh, one of them is just this, what that we just got introduced to and it's re-friendly as well. And it's called soul RX and it's not even it's not even like the one that's specific for your face but the texture and the thickness and everything is so good that i don't feel like it's um too much on my face or too greasy on my face and that's really helped a lot and i noticed that it has an amazing amount of sunblock on it as well so that is a great recommendation um what else what else are you doing maggie well this is something that I've always been told that I look a little bit younger than I am. And I remember when I was 25, I was listening to an interview with Mary from the band Peter, Paul, and Mary. And for any of those of you who remember them, Mary said in this interview, she goes, somebody said, why do you look so young? And she goes, it's because I have bangs. And I said, oh, that's cool. I'll cut some bangs. So I cut bangs and Every, every year I'll say, I'm going to get rid of the bangs. I'm going to cut my hair shorter. <laughs> and the bangs, if you, one of the first thing that, and that's what she said, one of the first things that go on a woman is her forehead. She gets wrinkles on her forehead. And she said, the bangs will cover that. So I cut the bangs. And then the odd thing is I never got a wrinkle on my forehead. 
It's the strangest thing. And I don't know if it's because I have bangs that it's protected me from the sun or for whatever reason, but I do think bangs, if you can carry them off, if you have the right shape of face, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I do, but if you have the right hairline and shape of face, um, I love having bangs. I just, I think they're fun and I just actually like them. So oh, that's so interesting that you said that, but it's very true because my sister will go through stages where she kind of wants a really, you know, kind of more of a long, like chin and beyond, um, hair, uh, hair in the front. And then every now and then she's like, I can't take it anymore. It's annoying me. I want bangs. And the minute I do bangs on her, she looks so youthful. She looks, she looks young again. And I always say, Oh gosh, I'm going to have to go with bangs one day, but I have a very, very short forehead. Um, so bangs are like great today and then they already need to be cut tomorrow. And then I start hacking at them myself. And even though I'm a hairdresser and, you know, and I should, I do know how to do this. You can never do it very well on your own as, as some of those YouTube videos have proved, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, when you can tell when I've been chopping at my own bangs, <laughs> Eva Scrivo in New York city is my hairdresser. She is my colorist and, and who cuts my hair. She is, my hair is in such great condition and I owe it all to Eva and she cuts my bangs. And when she cuts my bangs, they look so great for a week. And then I can't get in to see her. So I said, oh, I'll, I'll fix them myself. And it's always a disaster, no matter how much. But it, but I try to move them around and then That's get in funny. to see her. Yeah. yeah. I know that most hairdressers um, out there have a bang policy, in a sense, I'll call it. And it's like, listen, if we're, if we're going with bangs, you can, you know, set up a time to come in in between. And I'm happy to shape up your bangs because they really want to encourage or discourage any of their clients from cutting their own bangs because once you kind of cut into them too much, then it's like, no, now we got to let them grow out to get the, the, the weight and the balance um, back again. So yeah. All right. So that's a really good suggestion then bangs. I love that. We're going to go ahead and take our break right now, you guys. And this is the only break that we're going to have. And then we're going to come back with Maggie and we're going to talk about some of her other favorite tips, tricks, and products that um, she loves that keep her youthful and sexy. But um, you guys, I want to let you know that one of the things that I talk about here on the show is not only beauty and beauty from the inside out, but I'm a big proponent of what I consider to be my real expertise, which is branding. And speaking, of course, I mean, I would never have a radio show if it wasn't for me being able to be a quality and expert speaker. And I do a program. It's a two-day program. It's called Stages Speaking and Branding Course. And if you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're an educator, uh, you have a small business, you could be a salesperson, a C-suite executive, I'm telling you that it runs the gamut here. It's not, it's not specific to any particular role that you may play out there, but it definitely is specific to you being a better communicator, you understanding who you are and the brand that you represent, which is you, how that then supports you in the business and the services and the products that you might be trying to get out there. And so two days, we have two very distinct conversations, one on branding, one on speaking. And then, of course, it wraps into a conclusion of how to be able to confidently and authentically speak your brand. So if you're interested in that, it's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, September 15th and 16th. Um, and the uh, website that you're going to go to is www.stagesspeakercourse.com. That's stages 
speakercourse.com. Check it out. I'd love to have you there. It's a very small and intimate group. I can only have 18 people in it to be able to get through everybody's amazing brand and their speaking ability. So I hope that you'll join me in September for stages. All right, Maggie, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to hear more tips and tricks of what, because I didn't know you were 65. And so knowing you, seeing you, you look fabulous. I want to know your secrets. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Hi, Bonnie Bonadeo here. Would you date your brand? Yes, no, maybe, maybe you're not even sure what a brand is. You know, like so many companies out there, they have a great product and they don't understand the ultimate brand connection. There's confusion between marketing, sales, branding, clarity of message and establishing a laser focused target on who your ultimate client is. So let me ask you these three questions. Do you know why you exist? Not your product, not your company, you. Do you know why you exist? And then what are you offering? And third, who are you offering it to? And if you can't answer these three questions with complete certainty, then you need to join me in Atlanta, Georgia, September 15th and 16th for Stages Speaking and Branding Course. It's a two-day workshop, two in-depth conversations between speaking and branding, and one fantastic brand message that you'll be able to speak with the ultimate confidence. So if you'd like to join me September 15th and 16th in Atlanta, Georgia for Stages, go to stagespeakercourse.com. That's stagespeakercourse.com. You can also find me on Facebook if you go Stages Speaking and Branding Course. See you there. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Beauty Inside and Out. We are in the month of July. We are talking about the beauty of aging and specifically for those of us that have kind of hit that very, very significant half-century mark of 50 years old and plus. And today my guest is Maggie Mulhern, and she has been in the beauty industry uh, from, uh, as you heard in the first segment, as a uh, oversized or, or plus-size model to now being front stage and backstage as an influencer and editor to Fashion Week. She's worked in our professional sector for over 30 years um, with a, a 
a publication called Modern Salon, which is always one of my favorites. And you guys do events, you do photo shoots, you are very good online and in your publications to be able to support the professional beauty industry. So Maggie, thank you guys for that. Really appreciate all that you guys do for the industry. But mostly I am interested in, Maggie just shared that she was 65 years old um, and she looks fabulous. She is fabulous. But I want to know what some of your secrets are. And in the first segment, you shared sunblock, that you wear hats, and that you really take good care of your skin. And the one that was really fun was you have bangs, which give you a youthful look. So um, tell us maybe a little bit about kind of from the inside, what do you do to take care of yourself emotionally and internally that helps you feel um, youthful, not just look youthful? Well, there's, I, I do work out every day, but my workout is speed walking and it's not just kind of walking fast. It's walking fast. And I I look ridiculous because I'm moving my arms. I'm exercising my arms while I do it. I'm fortunate that I live next door to some woods and uh, with a paved path through them. And I do that every single day. It is a priority in my day to carve out that 60 minutes to go and do my speed walk where I, I'm huffing and puffing and moving my arms. And that has kept me energetic. As you know, Bonnie, we go to these shows, these conventions where we are on our feet mm-hmm. and cover miles and miles and miles going up and down aisles. And you can spot by midday the people who work out and are able to maintain it and the people who aren't. You know, they're done. They go to lunch and they don't come back. Mm-hmm. So you just have to keep on top of it. And I do that not because I get to attend these conventions. It's because I just want to be fit and healthy and have stamina. So, so I, I think that's for you to carve out an hour a day and either do yoga or do something that just is for you where you're working out so that you can maintain yourself. I know, again, my mother, I bring up my mother a lot because she just kind of blew my mind at when she died at age 97, not a wrinkle. She was so fit and healthy. She lived on her own. She played bridge that morning. She was never sick, no hearing aid, no walker, nothing. Um, she she yeah, sadly fell and hit her head, but you know what a great way to go. Yeah. She wasn't sick or anything, but she was felt so strongly about exercising and working out. And up until the last day, she was still moving around and getting around and looking great at it. So oh, I love that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's how she passed. But you know what? She was 97. She lived a beautiful life, and it sounded like it was uh, it was an, an you know an amazing role model for you to grow. Oh my up. God! For and I'm one of six kids. I mean, it, she was a role model for all of us. And and it's not you know the first reaction is oh my God how sad. But then on the flip side is wow she lived 97 fantastic years. Yeah, healthy, beautiful, fit. Everything was great. So I, I try not to be sad about it. Um, I just have learned from her and we've all learned from her. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, let's talk about some of the things that aren't so much fun as we start to age a little bit. You know, like I know for me, um, weight hasn't really been an issue. I mean, I think one of the things, because I started out very athletic at a very young age that um, even if I don't commit to a, a, a really fabulous workout type of approach all the time or consistently that I can kind of maintain myself. Um, you know, I, 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 if I start working out and of course that allows me to want to eat more healthy because I'm working out. So I want to eat healthy, 
Um, I can get fit pretty fast, but I think I have, I think I have gotten a little lazy lately, but now that I'm hanging out on a boat in the beach and, and, uh, and still in a bikini, <laughs> wow, good for you. I'm kind of, I bought my first one piece this year. I seriously bought a one piece this year. It's the most uncomfortable thing I have ever put on my body, but, um, I, it has, it has some sex appeal and it's, and it's, it feels appropriate, um, at times, uh, to be able to be on the boat with a, with a one piece on and everything. But, you know, I'm very, I'm conscious of that. I'm very conscious of that. But you know, I'm also, I'm also conscious of the fact that, you know, if I'm, if I'm wanting to live that type of lifestyle, I'm not really putting on makeup, I'm putting on sunscreen. And sometimes I actually put on makeup just because it creates a barrier, you know, a matte, a matte foundation creates an additional barrier to sun damage. Um, but my brows, oh my gosh, I, I've never really had very good brows. But certainly at the age that I'm at right now, I have no eyebrows. So unless I put them on, and I usually use a cream or a powder of some sort with an angled brush, and I'm kind of, you know, putting them on like a pro, um, I don't have eyebrows. And that's one of the things that frustrates me to no end, because I feel like no brows, no real definition of the face. Okay, so let's talk about that. And that is something that I discovered about a year ago that has really I hate to say changed my life, but it's made me so happy. Um, I started using Grande Brow. And Grande Brow, they started off, it's, it's the brand Grande Cosmetics, G-R-A-N-D-E, founded by a woman named Alicia Grande. And she started off with Grande Lash and her serum 100% grows lashes. I know because I have two daughters. One is 32, one is 29, and they literally have to trim their lashes. They're hitting their <laughs> eyebrows. Oh, no. But I didn't want to start with that. And then she came out with Grande Brows. So last year I said, let me try this. And I'm like you. I, I used to have nice brows and they fell off as I was getting older to the point where I just had that little kind of bushiness, right? The, the part that's closest to the nose, the inside part of the brow. Mm -hmm. so, I said, mm -hmm. so I said, all right, let's try this. You know, just really kind of challenging it. I swear within two months, I'm like, are you kidding? I have full brows. No and way. Full brows. I, it is... It is one of the most exciting products I've ever used, uh, and I'm, I'm like addicted to it. I've interviewed Alicia. I've interviewed all the people. I'm always like asking the PR people, do you have any samples left over? Because it's not cheap, but hashtag worth it. If you want your brows to fill in, it darkens them. Oh, my God. It's the most amazing product. I just need brows because I don't want to put makeup on, but I feel like a little bit of gloss on my lips and eyebrows, and I could live on a deserted island. <laughs> Well, see, now when I wake up in the morning and I go to look at myself, because I always, another tip, always make sure you wash off your face fully oh, every yeah. night. Yeah. I wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and instead of gasping, it's more of a like, oh my goodness, I have eyebrows. And it just really fills out your whole face. I just love that. I recommend that to everybody. This woman I knew uh, was so sad. She had no brows. Her daughter was getting married. She said, what do I do? What do I do? Can you recommend a good makeup artist? My daughter's getting married in six months. And I said, look, just try this. And I sent some grande brow to her. And within two months, she said she had her full brows. Oh, my God. I'm, so, I'm committed. This is, but this is just two weeks ago. She went to the wedding. She goes, that was her favorite part of all of her makeup. Her outfit was the fact that she literally had brows. So 100% grande brow works. 
I am committed. I'm already, I'm on it. I'm going to buy some immediately because, you know, I have tried other things that are supposed to grow brows and I may, you know, maybe I wasn't being consistent or maybe it wasn't as powerful, but um, I am committed to this now because I'm very frustrated because, you know, you can't put on paint on brows and then kind of be in the sun and the water and the humidity. It just doesn't work. Right. And sometimes it looks it, you know, yes, okay, so I'll exactly. give you another tip. Okay. Uh, not, not a brow look, but a, um, this is something, not makeup, but again, discovered it about a year and a half ago or was, was latched onto it about a year and a half ago, a waist trainer. So um, I'm not a Kardashian, <laughs> but one thing that happens when you're in your 50s and all of a sudden everything just kind of starts to kind of fill out around you. And I asked my gynecologist, I am like, what the hell is this? And she calls it the three B's. You get bigger boobs, a bigger butt and a bigger belly. And mm -hmm. I am, even when I was, I, I was 220 pounds when I graduated from college, even when I was 220 pounds, I did not have a belly. I didn't have some kind of a big, I always had a waistline. There was always a shape there. So I said, all right, I'm going to just check out this this waist trainer thing. I'm just going to see what it is. I heard about it. These, these Kardashians swore by it. So I, I ordered one and $14 and I started wearing it. And within a month I had lost two inches on my waist and I love wearing it. I also lost five pounds because it kind of makes you very conscious of what you're eating. You stand up straighter and you're just very conscious of everything. And it gives, it brings back your shape. So now I've been wearing it for more than a year. I've lost four inches on my waist and haven't lost any more weight, but I sit up straighter and I love, love, love my waist trainer. People make fun of me because I don't wear it under my clothes. I wear it on top of my clothes and I wear it every single day and I'll wear it and I'll just put a belt over it. And every once in a while, somebody will say, Is something wrong with your back? <laughs> you know, because they, they can see the waist trainer. I'm like, nope. It's a waist trainer. <laughs> so how, how long are you wearing it? Like eight hours for as long you're as you to wear. Time? You're supposed to wear it a minimum of eight hours a day. I probably wear it longer than that. I've been told, I asked my gastro, I said, is this okay? Because you hear all these things, people say, oh, rests up your organs, blah, blah, blah. She goes, it's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. And I heard from one other doctor, if you stop wearing it for a couple of weeks, you go back to what you were. So you know what the answer is to that? Don't stop wearing it. <laughs> just, just keep, why, why stop wearing it? I don't understand. Okay, so, so I was with you at an event not that long ago. I think it was this yes. here, and you did have it on with an outfit. You looked fabulous, first of all. It was, you made it work with your outfit. It's not like you had on this dress and on the outside of it was a waist trainer. It really looked like part of your outfit, but you were telling me about it. Uh, or maybe it was in Chicago. I don't remember where it was. And anyway, so I did order one. I just had You did? I did, yes. I ordered one on Amazon. I, um, the only problem I think I, in the one that I ordered, it was like only like 24 bucks on Amazon. But the only problem is because I'm sitting behind my desk um, a lot. I think I ordered one that might have been just a little too thick. So sitting with it, it was kind of like, you know, like digging into me a little bit. And I thought, well, maybe there's another one that's a little lighter that, that still has all of the uh, the purpose, you know, the being able to tighten the it up. one I the, I got mine on Amazon. It was $14. So it's not like you have to spend a lot of money for these. They do the trick. And maybe yours is a little too thick. Go for I the cheaper it, one. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it might be a little too thick to be sitting in. When I'm standing in it, I do. My posture definitely improves. Um, I'm able to wear it under my clothes. I tried wearing it <laughs> outside of something, and I'm like, I just couldn't get away with it, it as clean as you did. I, but I wore it under some of my clothes, and it, it was a little bulky on some clothes, but some of it I was able to get away with because I wear more kind of flowing type clothes anyway. I don't wear really fitted, fitted type clothes. Um, so I, it, it did work, but you know what? It's sitting at home. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to put it back on and I'm going to commit to it a little bit because, Oh, it's to me, it's the most exciting thing. It's that with the eyebrows, my two most exciting discoveries <laughs> in the past couple of years, just really just make me so happy. Oh, I love that. Now, what's your take on some of these procedures that are going on out there? Now, I don't know whether you've had any of them done and you don't even have to answer that question fully if you don't want to, but no, you know. I've never had anything done. And that's, um, and that's, I had an appendectomy a couple years ago. That's, that's like, which is so funny because it was an emergency appendectomy. It happened when I was in the, I was flying back from Hawaii to New York. I'm like, I am not feeling well. I was really sick. We landed emergency appendectomy. I've been getting bills for 20 grand for over a year. And it's funny because I said, look, if I'm spending 20 grand, I'm getting a tummy tuck or I'm getting something done. <laughs> <laughs> not not yeah. an emergency appendectomy. Anyway, it all got straightened out. But I would, are you kidding? I would love to have stuff done. I, I, I just really, um, I just don't think at this point in my life, I want to commit that much money to getting something done. And I've quite frankly seen a few disasters. But but I have yeah. nothing against plastic surgery. I I would I would have well, I if mean, I could find the right person. Yeah, even the people that I have done the due diligence and they've had mediocre results. I mean, one of the things that I that I teach and I preach um, in regards to this is to to really you know I, I say it in this way. It's like you got to love yourself. But the truth is, like has more power than love. The word like has more power than love. It has more energy attached to it. So then you have to be able to look in the mirror and you got to like yourself. I could say all the affirmations. Oh, I love myself. Oh, I, I love my, everything about me. But then when I look in the mirror, am I judging myself? And a lot of times we do that. We naturally do that. So then you have to be able to say, do I like myself right now? Do I like the way I look? Do I like the way I feel on the inside? Do I like how I'm taking care of myself and my soul? And if you don't like some of the things you're doing, it's going to provide you more of an empowerment and an effort to want to change it, like your diet or maybe exercising more or, you know, maybe trying some different skincare that might help, you know, to give you a fresher look. Or I know that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are trying things like Botox or Juvederms or Cool Sculpting. And I hear more people that are really happy with those kind of uh, uh, non-invasive type of results versus people going and having facelifts and things like that done today. So I'm glad for the technology. I'm glad for these new uh, types of services and products that are coming out to keep us more youthful. But I always recommend still do your due diligence on all of that stuff because even just, you know, is easy to say, oh yeah, you're injecting, you know, Botox into your forehead. Some people can do it really well and others don't do it as well. Or, uh, you know, option B is cut bangs. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I think Botox is a miracle. I, again, I've never tried it. I'm not against it. My sister had, oddly has a bunch of wrinkles on her forehead, went and had Botox. They disappeared. She looked 15 years younger. Yeah, it does. It it's does. amazing. It does create a very a youthful look, but I've had some good um, 
Botox services and I've had some bad ones, you know, not bad that were so bad that, you know, it was detrimental or anything, but just kind of, you know, a little bit of a droopy eye or not, not, not symmetrical as much as you'd like and everything. And again, it's, you, you, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta be able to make sure that you're going to a qualified. I only go to um, dermatologists for those type of things. And whether it's, whether it's a professional esthetician or a registered nurse, I think in most cases they have to be a registered nurse in a lot of states to do injectables. But I always make sure that I'm going to a professional office um, to have those type of services done because I, 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 I want the best result. Well, of course, and you do see some disasters, you know, yeah. just uh, again, and that's one thing, unless I had to have it. Um, I just saw somebody who had a Botox injection whose whole eye, what you said, the whole eye drooped yeah. and he had to wait a couple of weeks and it was walked around with big, huge, giant sunglasses on and was really kind of scary looking till I think that he had some reverse shot. I don't know, whatever happened. It was, it was fixed after two or three weeks, but still, you know, oh, yeah. those were a rough two or three weeks. Yeah, no, and you and it's happened to me before where I had my, you know, my whole right side eye, you know, drooped dramatically and everything and it was very it, w- it was very frustrating because you're right, you got to wait a couple of weeks because they want it to kind of even out and then they're looking at kind of like creating and you know, putting it in another muscle to create that lift. So, there's a science to this. There's absolutely a science to this. So that's why I recommend that you go to somebody that really understands um the, the face structure and usually somebody that is uh, in that capacity of a registered nurse or even a dermatologist is going to have much more of that training in a lot of cases, but um, just do your due diligence mostly. Now, Maggie, what about, what about some other things here? So we talked, we've talked about other ways to be youthful and, and you've given us some good tips and they're very inexpensive tips that you're providing. Well, us. I'll give you the other one. People ask me all the time, what is my skincare routine? Because again, I'm pretty lucky with the skin. And in addition to sunblock, I, I wake up in the morning, I wash with Dove soap and then I put on Cetaphil, Cetaphil cream. And it's the cream, not the lotion, this big heavy cream. And I really lay it on and let it soak in for about 10 minutes and then wipe off the excess. But that's, that's what I do every day. And I'm, I'm asked all the time what I do. I don't do anything fancy. Uh, it's inexpensive and it's done the trick for me. Again, this has been something I've been doing for decades and I, at this point don't have any dark spots and only have wrinkles around my eyes. So. Wow, that's cool. Now let's talk a little bit about makeup because you know the kind of the the way that we're applying makeup, the amount of makeup, even the different types of makeup, you know, glossy versus mattes and all that, you know, that changes as we get a little older. And um, and you know, and and to to make sure that we're kind of doing something that feels age appropriate. You know, I've been watching the you know some of the shows on Netflix, and like right now I'm on the the new uh, the new uh, season of, of Stranger. Stranger Things. And of course, that's set in the 80s. So I'm seeing the scrunchies in the hair. I'm seeing the blue eyeshadow on the eyes and all of this fun makeup that we did back in the day. But what are some of the trends that that you and your fellow makeup artists that you were working with in your modern salon, um, in your modern salon program, what are some of the makeup tips that you see that are uh, really powerful? Well, one thing I started doing, this is, I'm going to answer your question in a second, but one thing I started doing was asking other hairdressers, what's the best tip you learned from another hairdresser? And same thing for makeup artists. What's the best uh, trick you learned from other makeup artists? I remember Heidi Klum was interviewed once and they asked her, 
uh, the interviewer said, what is the best tip you ever learned? And she said from a makeup artist, she learned to take um, concealer and put it at the sides of the nose and right in and around the nostrils. And I thought, that is brilliant. You know, I, ne- I had never seen that done. And then I went and watched my makeup artist at a photo shoot. And sure enough, that's what he was doing. His name is David Matterich. And he says, oh, yeah, you have to totally put concealer all around the nose, the sides of the nose, up along the sides, and then blend it into the under eye. And I just thought that was a really cool tip. And I started doing it. And I think it does make a difference to put concealer I, around there. I agree with you. Now, that I use a kind of a, a, a concealer that comes like in a stick form. So it's like, you know, you roll it out and it's like a stick form. It's not one of those liquidy ones that comes like a, you know, that has the the little tip on the end, like a Q-tip type thing on the end. I use the cream form and I absolutely, because I mean, I got a nose. This girl, this girl's walking around with a nose. So I really do believe that it helps to kind of balance out my face and allow me to then create that light and, and shadow effect with my makeup, but not have it look like. I have a lot of makeup on. Right. It, and it really does make a difference. You don't realize how discolored or a little bit darker it is around there. Another tip is to use highlighter. Um, a lot of people will take blush and they say, put it on the ball of your cheek. And that's actually wrong. You put it right under the ball of your cheek. And uh-huh. then on the high point of your cheek, you put um, a dusty highlighter. There's a great one with MAC, very frosty. Mirabella has a great one. It's a pearl highlighter. And you just dust it on from the middle of the cheek back. If you come too far forward, you look a little dirty. You look too shiny. But uh-huh. if you put it on the, right at the high point of the cheek and then dust, I'm actually, as I'm talking to you, I'm doing it with my finger. You Me dust too. back into the temple. <laughs> <laughs> just and, and just a little. You don't want to overdo it because then, then you kind of look ridiculous. And then with the very smallest amount, then you just do dust right over the uh, – right between your nose and your lips. Just a little dusting there. And that's it. And highlighter makes a huge difference. It does. And, you know, I love that you said that's the shimmery part that we can put on our face as we are a little bit older and more aged than a teenager or a young 20 something year old that because that shimmer creates that dimension that gives us that glow that we need because our skin can get flat looking as we get older. And then, of course, the shape of our face starts to square out a little bit. So anything you can do to create more dimension and, and balance um, is going to be good. So I have, um, I think I got one at the drugstore and I can't remember what the, the brand is, but it's a, it's a, it's a nice pink and peachy color, but it's got that kind of that shimmery mineral to it. And I, yeah, it's re- the frosting part. That's the most important. You have to yeah. make sure there's enough frost in it. And, uh, and then I kind of drape it across, uh, across the, like you said, the top of the cheekbone, um, a little bit, and then I've got the blush more under, which is creating kind of that that definition to separate, you know, my cheeks from my chin because that's starting to lose its luster there. My chin, <laughs> my chin are all t- all turning into the same part of my face. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, yes, yeah, no, you're. It's creating your own contour using blush. Yeah, so and, and it's great in pictures. Um, another tip: this is very interesting. As you get older, I don't know if you remember. There's, there's, um, there is a man named Irvin Rusk who gave me a magical secret about 20 years ago. And he said to me, "Do you know what the secret is to looking younger?" And I'm like, "Tell me, Irvin. I'm all ears." 
just always smile. He Aww. said it takes more muscles to smile. And he did the, he showed me himself smiling, which he always was. And then he stopped smiling. I'm like, whoa, I see it. Because then all of a sudden your face is droopy. So just smiling not, not only makes you feel better, makes you look better, and then makes everybody else around you happier. Because oh, then somebody's happy. And you know, it, it, it is true. It's like, I'm at, I, you know, I got cheeks. So when I, you know, when I smile, I get a little bit more of the crow's feet, but I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind, you know, the, the, the little bit of life that I have around my eyes, you know, because, because it, that's okay with me. What bothers me more as I'm aging is I kind of have the, you know, the, the, the very, very distinct creases from my cheeks around my mouth and working their way down to my chin. So when I'm smiling, you can't notice it. When I'm not smiling, the lines are that much more apparent. Right. Yeah. So they're hidden. I think they're, those are the marionette lines. Yes. So yes, smile, yes. they're gone. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, I, I definitely am going to smile more. Um, I'm going to think about the bangs. <laughs> I'm getting the grande la, uh, brow stuff so I can the have best. brows in two months. Um, I've got the waist trainer, but I haven't been very committed at wearing it. So I'm either going to order a new one that might be a little bit less bulky. Um, in the meantime, I am going to commit to the waist trainer though, because those are, you, you have provided me so many ideas. It's like, I feel like I'm just on this show for, for you to give me advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a little plug. I've started a YouTube channel called Maggie Tips, M-A-G-G-I-E Tips, T-I-P-S. And it's all going to be beauty. I think I have five up there right now. Beauty, fashion, lifestyle tips. And uh, the highlighter one I shot when I was in Paris. I'm trying to do these in hotels that I, I fortunately, like you, we get to travel to these great places. And I'm going to try and do these in hotel bathrooms or in rooms. Um, one of those is also keeping your, your makeup brushes clean. I show yes. how, to, how to clean yes. them on the run, but you have to clean your makeup brushes. You'll be shocked how much, uh, how seamless your makeup applies when you have a clean brush. Yes. And do you know that I've had the same brushes for probably 25 plus years? <laughs> well, I do the demo on my brush that I've had for 40 years. And mm -hmm. my makeup artist, it's so funny, he saw my video and he said, you should be embarrassed. You should not be using that brush. I'm like, no, I love that brush. No, listen, I've, I got had, it. I've yeah, had I got it when brushes. I was a model. For 25 plus years, but the only reason why I have them that long is because I clean them regularly. They're my favorites. I'm not willing to give them up, but because I keep them clean and and fresh and make sure that they stay in good condition, I've been able to have these brushes. So it's a great, good brushes are a great investment and then just take care of them. Um, t Maggie, tell us again how people can find you. Okay, so I'm on Instagram at Modern Maggie One. So that's M O D E R N Maggie M A G G I E One. That's my Instagram name, and um, the YouTube channel is Maggie Tips. But if you Maggie. just put in YouTube and just Google, uh, search Maggie Mulhern, you'll see me backstage at Fashion Week, and hopefully my Maggie Tips will come up again. I have like five of those up there. I'm going to put up another one today, so that hopefully by the time anybody um, if, if you search for it, you know, I'll have at least six or seven up there. 
Oh, perfect. Well, I, you've been a fabulous guest. I've had so much fun talking with you. I hope my listeners enjoyed some of the tips that you shared as well. I'm sure they did. You guys follow me on Beauty Inside and Out on my Instagram page and also my Facebook pages. Let me know how much you loved this episode with Maggie. Uh, follow her for sure on her YouTube channel, Maggie Tips. And um, as always, you guys remember to be you in beauty. Maggie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Bonnie. You're so much fun and you're so beautiful. Oh, thank you. All right. I look, for, I look forward to doing it again. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.